And welcome back to part two of The Quiet Man. This is part two of the story that I read last week, and I'm going to continue straight away. This is a B1 recording for students studying for B1 English. And here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber, and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. The Quiet Man, Part 2. This recording is copyright M.A. Bilborough. Well, if it's just a very small part, he said. The part of a policeman. Did Philippa know something about him, about his past? I'll tell you what you have to say, if you like, said Lord Jim, looking hurt. You come into the house and you say, Mrs. Lincroft Smythe, we've received a phone call from a neighbour saying they heard a shot. Can you tell me what has been happening here tonight? Then later you'll say, I now see, Mrs. Lincroft Smythe, that the events of this evening have a simple explanation. I won't waste any more of your time. If you would like to show me the way out, I'll be leaving. As you see, it is a very short part indeed. Come to think of it, too short for an actor of my quality, of course. Simon stayed at the theatre that evening and quite enjoyed himself in the end. They were fairly strange people, Simon thought, and all quite alike, really. They liked to talk about themselves and were uninterested in what Simon had to say. So he said very little, and that was what he preferred. He didn't feel embarrassed, ashamed, or uncomfortable among people like this. They were charming and friendly, and fun to listen to. After about an hour of rehearsing the new play, which was a romantic comedy, they opened a bottle of red wine, and somebody had brought some cheese and tiny cucumber sandwiches. Simon stood with his glass and listened, smiled and laughed, and for the first time since he was a child, didn't feel shy or stressed among other people. Simon went to the rehearsals with Philippa over the following weeks. He practised his part as a policeman, and when he finished, they all clapped and said he was a natural. Life got better for Simon during that time. He smiled more at work with his colleagues, and he once heard two of them talking about him in the restroom when they thought he wasn't listening. They spoke about how Simon had changed since going with Philippa to the play rehearsals. 
how he seemed happier and friendlier to everybody in the office. Things changed in Simon's flat as well. He bought some spotlights for his ceiling. He had noticed that the lights on the stage in the theatre managed to produce an effect of more space or different spaces in a small area. He found he could do something similar in his home. He experimented with table lamps and bought some modern art paintings to decorate the walls. Philippa loved cooking, and she often brought homemade food to the rehearsals, sushi being one of her favourites. As Simon said the sushi was delicious, she gave him the recipe, and Simon practised making sushi dishes at home. His evening meals were now much more exciting than before. However, there was something that greatly worried Simon, but he hadn't wanted to think about it. The day would come when he would have to carry out his performance as a policeman. He practised every morning in front of the bathroom mirror at home. He tried to make his voice more serious and change the look on his face to appear more like a police officer. But when he thought that he would have to perform in front of an audience, he began to sweat again, and his body physically shook. If he could do this, it would be the biggest thing he had ever done in his life. But could he do it? Simon secretly hoped the play would never happen. One day at work, Philippa invited Simon into her office. Wonderful news, Simon! We're selling lots and lots of tickets for the play. In fact, we've sold so many, we're moving it to a larger theatre. A larger theatre? asked Simon. Yes, you'll never guess where. The old Victorian theatre. Simon's face went white. But that's a huge place. I, I went there once. Simon, we've sold over a thousand tickets and we'll sell more before the play starts in two weeks' time, said Philippa excitedly. In two weeks, said Simon quietly, finding it difficult to breathe. Yes, two weeks, added Philippa. On Saturday the 17th, just before Christmas, it'll be just one night, so we'll have to be perfect the first time. Exciting, isn't it? Simon tried to smile, but Philippa noticed the look of fear on his face. Oh, come on, Simon. You do the part of the policeman really well. You're super at it. On his way home from work that evening, Simon walked across the bridge that went over a fast-flowing river. Usually he didn't like to stop here, but this time he did, and he looked down at the dark water. When the boat comes by on the river of life, you take it, son, his father used to say. Never let it pass you by. His father had been disappointed in him. Simon knew that. His father had been superintendent at Scotland Yard Police Station. 
he had been one of the most famous policemen in London. A serious and intelligent man. Right up to the day he died, his father would look at Simon and shake his head. I thought you would do better, son. A two-year course in computer studies and now working in a boring job in an office. I really thought you would do better. You don't seem to be like me at all. I suppose you're like your mother. What a loser that woman was. Often, when Simon saw a river, he would think of those words. He had always wanted to please his father, but he hadn't known how. He had always been too shy and embarrassed with other people, and never felt confident in anything he did or the decisions he took in life. And now this challenge had arrived. Simon knew he would not have accepted to act in a play. He was much too shy and nervous. But because it had been a policeman, that had changed his mind. If he could do this, Simon felt things would change for the better. Life would improve, and he'd be a happier man. The evening of the play arrived at last. Everybody from Simon's work was coming. More than anything else, they wanted to see Simon performing his part as the policeman. Everybody backstage was nervous. Mimsy walked up and down, practising his lines. It was his most important night, too. In the end, nearly 2,000 tickets were sold for the play. Simon stood nervously behind the scenes. He was dressed in a real policeman's uniform that had belonged to his father. It fitted him perfectly because the one thing Simon did have in common with his father was his height and build. Despite everything, Simon felt that he was ready. Philippa came up to him. Oh, you look fantastic, Simon, she said. You're going to be fine. Break a leg. And she kissed him on the cheek. The theatre was now full, and the audience fell silent as the curtain was raised. Simon had to wait about twenty minutes before he came on stage. He had to wait for his cue, the line, just before his entrance. It would be Mimsy who spoke this line. Simon concentrated hard, waiting for the moment. Mimsy was on stage now. He had a long monologue. He sounded confident, obviously enjoying himself. Mimsy, the great performer. Simon waited and listened, ready, ready to move forward onto the stage in front of all those people. Something was wrong. Mimsy was saying lines that came after Simon's entrance. What had happened? Simon heard voices behind him, backstage. He turned. The fool, they were saying quietly. That Mimsy has got his lines wrong. The stupid fool. Philippa was among them. She looked towards Simon. She was shaking her head and looking upset. She came up to Simon. 
Oh, Simon, I'm so sorry, she said. I'm so sorry. Mimsy got his lines wrong. He's jumped forward about twenty lines. I'm afraid he's missed your entrance completely. Simon was almost running. Despite the old Victorian theatre being miles from his home, he hadn't wanted to get a bus or taxi. He'd left the theatre immediately. He came to the bridge over the river, but wouldn't stop. He wouldn't look. He just wanted to get home, away from this cruel world that refused to bring him happiness. Once inside his flat, he sat down on the bed in the dark. He sat there for a long time, thinking. He probably fell asleep as he began to see things in the dark. He saw a boat on the river floating past. It was full of people laughing and drinking champagne, celebrating. He recognized some of them. They were members of the Finsbury Players Amateur Dramatics Group. Then he saw himself as a little boy, wearing a policeman's toy helmet. He was standing by the river, watching and crying. At last he realized there was nothing else to think about. So he stood up and switched on a light. He was feeling hungry, so he opened the cupboard to see what was inside. Among packets of much more interesting food, he saw a tin of beans in tomato sauce. He took it down and began to open it. And that's the end of the story. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, goodbye for now. 